verses 5 through 7. 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 7. Glory to God. Praise God. Got to make sure the air conditioner's on. It's hot up here. Y'all hot too, right? Yeah, I see it's hot. We got to get this thing right. Sometimes it's freezing, sometimes it's too hot. I think you want to keep it 72 probably year-round. If you keep it 72 year-round, it's always nice. Whether whether it's heat or cold, just put it on 72. That's how you want to sleep. You can't sleep when the air conditioner's on 78. You can't sleep like that. That that raised the bill. God's got the bill. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. You'll sleep better at 72. Amen. So 72. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I'm about to come out of his jacket. Praise God. All right, are we there? 1 Peter 5, verse 5 through 7. Let's read together. Ready? Read. Likewise, you younger people, Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you, for he cares for you. Father, thank you tonight for the opportunity we have now to to spend this time in your word. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in this place. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, that we may see, hear, and understand and receive your word tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just have your way to confirm the word with signs following. And we thank you, Father, that in this place, Jesus Christ will be honored and glorified and magnified that your people tonight will be edified and built up, we pray. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen Amen. and amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So the Bible says here in verse uh, 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in what? In due time. That's our subject tonight, in due time. In due time. Praise the Lord. We started out last week, you know, I, I taught on the law. Oh, I'm sorry. I taught on time for increase. That was the message, right, last Wednesday. Time for increase, coming from these same verses. And we're talking about how God uh, has a desire now in this time to exalt his people. Amen? Interestingly enough, the Lord speak, spoke to uh, uh, my spiritual dad, Apostle Derber, and he preached Sunday a message entitled, The Law of Exaltation. And uh, I thought that was very interesting because uh, when he said that, it made me see some, something a little bit different. Yeah, come on. That exaltation, it's a law. You understand? Not like the seatbelt law, but like the laws of nature, like the law of gravity. It's a law. And in other words, it's not just a promise. It's not just a principle. It's a law. Like gravity, if you jump off this building, top of this building, doesn't matter what color you are, what height you are, what weight you are, uh, what gender you are, you're going to go down toward the earth. That's the law of gravity. So there's a law of exaltation. Everybody say law of exaltation. exaltation. There's a scripture I want to look at just just to uh, uh, bring that to light for us. In Matthew 23 
and verse 12. They can get on the screen for us. I'm going to keep going. Matthew 23, verse 12, which says, And whoever exalts himself, read it with me, ready, read. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be. So when you see will be, that makes it law. Okay? So whatever God says will be is law. Whenever God decrees something, you can't change it. Whatever God says, it is so. Whether you believe it or not. You understand that? We, we sing the song, or we've made it a statement in the church for many, many years. If God said it, you know, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, if, whether you believe it or not, that settles it. <laughs> you don't have to believe it for it to be true. Okay? For it to be true unto you, in terms of a promise, yes, but a law, whether you believe it or not, it is true, it is settled, okay? So, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever, uh, he who humbles himself, that means the lower yourself, will be exalted. That makes it a law, not just a promise or a principle, but a law. It's going to happen. Tell your neighbor, it's going to happen. All right? So, so we're not interested in exalting ourselves, right? We have no interest in being self-made anything. You don't want to be a self-made millionaire, a self-made uh, person of any sort. We don't want to be self-made. We are God-made. Okay? Without God, we can do nothing, and we're nothing. Okay? But we, we know, the Scripture says, uh, Philippians 4.19, we can do all things, right? Through Christ, or Philippians 4.13, rather. We can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, his anointing, which gives us strength, all right? So we're dependents. Understand that? And people are following their tax returns right now. Everybody getting their rapid refunds and refund anticipation loans and everything because they can't wait. They're anxious to get their little money. And no, I know not in this house. But um, people are doing it. And uh, one of the lines that they ask you is, can anyone else claim you as a dependent on their taxes? And you have to be able to answer, no, no one else can, can claim me. That's, how, that's what gets you your different various benefits and so forth. And so we are God's dependents. You understand it? We are God's children. The Bible says we are heirs of God and join us with Jesus Christ. Amen? So we're God's dependents, which means God claims us on his taxes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, that being said, that means I don't supply my own needs. Right? I don't take care of myself. No, what I do is I seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, and his righteousness, and then all these things are added to me. God takes care of me. Everybody say, God takes care of me. Come on, say it like you mean it. God takes care of me. Care of Matter of fact, let's upgrade that statement. Let's say God takes good care of me. God takes good care of me. Glory to God. God takes good care of me. He protects me. He keeps me. Watches over me. Amen. He does all these things. Now, so exaltation is what we're, what we're talking about here. Is not from us. It has to, has to come from God. All right, so let's look at uh, Psalm 75. We looked at that last uh, Wednesday. Psalm 75. Oh, oh, where's my clock? Praise God. I'm going to get one of those big clocks and let the media take, take over that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 75. Psalm 75. 
may not that the clock controls us. I understand. But I know that uh, probably a good percentage of y'all tune out after a half hour or so. <laughs> Psalm 75. Oh, no, no, not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a good number of you. <laughs> not you specifically. <laughs> Psalm 75, verse 2. God's talking here. Psalm 75, verse 2 says, God says, when I choose the proper time, I will judge what? So God, he just judges uprightly because he's an upright God. That's the only way God can judge, right? God will judge uprightly, but he says, when I choose the proper time. Now, this judgment is not talking about just, uh, it's talking about, not talking about a sentencing or putting, putting you down. It's talking about a, a, a reversal where God's ready to change things around, okay? Uh, verse 3, the earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly, Selah. Verse 4. I said to the boastful, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Now, horn is talking about your own strength, right? Your own stuff. So don't you lift up your own, don't lift up your own horn. Uh, do not lift up your horn on high, verse 5. Do not speak with a stiff neck, okay, or prideful neck, thinking you all that and a bag of chips. I know we don't say that today in 2018, a bag of, but we used to say all that in a bag of chips. So you can't go around thinking that you're all that. Okay? He says, verse 6, look at this, verse 6. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But watch this. God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. So God is in control of who's up and who's down. You understand that? In terms of, of he knows how to raise the right people up at the right time and depose the right people at the right time. So when there are people who are running things, then you know what the Bible says, that we've given you the scripture, when the righteous are in authority, the people can rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people groan. So God doesn't want the wicked people in charge. But there are times he'll allow the wicked people to be in charge. They're setting things up, but everything's about to be turned over, right? Okay, so God is the judge, verse 7. He puts down one and exalts another. Glory to God. So that being the case, that means that God is the Lord of exaltation. God is in charge of exaltation, not me. Glory to God. Not, not the man. Sometimes people get all, all in, a, in a hizzy because they think the man, y'all know who the man is, whatever the man is to you. <laughs> Everybody knows the man. They think the man is holding them down. The system is holding them down. But if God is a Lord of exaltation, then just like God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, God told Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So when God gets ready to raise you up, Joshua, can't no man, can't no woman, can't no white man, can't no Indian man, can't no red man, can't no man stop you. But when God gets ready to tear you down, 
can't no man help you. When God gets ready to cut. Okay? So God is in charge of this. He's the Lord of exaltation. So we can't force it. We have to let this come from God. All right? Now, let's go and talk about this. Go back to 1 Peter, please. In fact, on your way to 1 Peter, stop at James. 1 Peter's near the end of the Bible. You're on your way to 1 Peter. Stop back at James. Back a couple books here. James. And we were here last week. I think we read this. James 4 and verse uh, 10. In fact, let's look at verse 6. James 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we see that there? Now, keep that in your memory bank. We just read this already, that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, all right? Now, all right, uh, verse 10. Let's go all the way down there, please. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Glory to God. Or he'll exalt you. We'll see that here when we get to, get to uh, Peter. All right? So, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So, can we also say this is a law? Because it says he will. Is as if I, it, just like if I said, jump off this building and you will go to the ground. Okay? So if I say, the Holy Spirit is saying here, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That means if you jump off and let God take care of you, you will go up. Right? That's what he'll lift you up. Okay, but we're going to dig into this a little further tonight. All right. All right, now go to, uh, keep going towards the back of the book here. First Peter 5. 1 Peter, chapter 5, please. All right? Again, how do you make sure you're ready for this season of increase and promotion and exaltation here? Because we're in a, we're in a, we're in a season here, all right? We're in a time, okay? And we're going to see the same thing. Look at chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, and verse 5. Verse 5. I got it? Likewise, you younger people... How many younger people do I have in here? Uh, see, uh, <laughs> uh, just checking. <laughs> Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for, there it is again, God, come on. Resist the proud, gives grace to the humble, okay? All right, so we don't want God resisting us, right? we much rather have God giving us grace or his supernatural ability, okay? But to get there, he gives us some keys here. He says again, verse 5, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. So we see a key here is submission. So submission is an act of humility. Everybody say that. Say submission, submission. Is, an is an act of humility. Glory to God. Glory to God. How do you know you're humble? When you submit. 
when you listen, when you come under, when you follow, when you yield. Y'all got it? Submission isn't apparent, listen to this very carefully. Submission isn't apparent when you're asked to do something you want to do. Get on the screen. Submission isn't apparent when you're asked to do something you want to do. I say it again. I'll say it, read it slowly. Submission isn't apparent when you're asked to do something you want to do. If you want to do it, <laughs> and somebody tells you to do it, or asks you to do it, it's not submission. You want to do it anyway. In other words, if you're sleeping right now, and I say, hey, go to sleep, that's not submission if you do it. You wanted to do it. It's not apparent. But submission is demonstrated when you do something you don't want to do with a good attitude. That's worth a photo or writing it down or something. So you know how this operates here. Because people, people like, like to pretend they're submitted. People pretend submission, the Bible talks about. They pretend submission. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out why the grace ain't coming on me. Why am I trying to make it I seem like I just can't make it? Why am I still struggling? Maybe because you're not submitting properly. You're pretending. Glory to God. I talked about that, I think, last Wednesday. I talked about how parents, you can tell your kids to go do something, and they, they going to do it, but they got the lip poked out, got an attitude, mumbling under their breath. They're saying something under their breath. Don't shoot. You mess around and hear what they say, and they got a shoe coming around the corner, come back with a belt. Praise the Lord. Come on now. That's not really submission. Submission is when I tell you to do something or ask you to do something that you don't want to do, and you do it. It might be inconvenient. It might be uncomfortable. It might be, it might be out of your character, out of your nature, and I ask you to do it, and you do it with a good attitude. That's submission. And the Bible says, notice what it says here. It says, you younger people, submit to your elders. Glory to God. Those who are over you. Those who are over you. All right? Whether it's, it's, it's parents. Okay, no, maybe not. Parents. <laughs> spiritual leaders. All those who have authority over you. The police. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about police there. I'm just throwing that in. I'm, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing this in. People, you know, the police tell you to do something. You move with a bat and sucking your teeth moving. And, you know, that's, no, submit, okay? See, you, you, can't, you can't be in rebellion, ladies and gentlemen, and get exalted. Rebellion is a sure sign of pride and arrogance. It's you wanting to have your way. And don't understand that you have to submit to people if you're going to grow. You don't, listen to me very carefully, I don't say this to demean you, this is how it works for all of us. 
you don't have the ability in you to bring out of you everything God put in you. You don't have it. This is, we, I think I brought this statement up either Sunday or Wednesday. When people make this stupid statement, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Have you ever tried that? I mean, physically tried that? <laughs> to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. I, want, I mean, physic, can you physically? Is that physically even possible? No, it's not possible, is it? And yet, that's the mindset people try to have. Pick yourself up by your own bootstrap. Or in, or in other words, improve yourself by yourself. You can't. So everything God put on the inside of you that is meant to come out of you, God has to bring people into your life to help pull something out of you. Y'all don't like this part, I can tell. But that's why he gives you elders or leaders or those who are in authority who can see in you what you can't see in yourself, who can pull out of you what you don't have the ability to pull out of yourself. And while you're rebelling and being hard-headed and stiff-necked, you're just on a treadmill, going nowhere. I better move on because y'all really don't like this part right here. You really, you really don't like this part, I can tell. Y'all are just blazing through me like, But it's true anyhow. I said it's true anyhow. If you don't like it, good. That means I'm hitting the right buttons. I'm saying what you need to hear so you can go ahead and come up instead of being stuck in the, in the stinky, stuck place you're in right now. Then it says, <laughs> yes, all of you be submissive to one another. That means that God's going to bring people alongside you. Who he uses to rub you the wrong way. For iron sharpens iron. Sparks fly. And the iron that sharpens is a rougher iron than the iron being sharpened. That's just how it works. So what we're talking about when it says be submissive one to another is talking about now accountability. And you know one of the biggest things that plagues most people in the body of Christ is they don't want to be accountable to anybody. They don't want to have to answer to anybody. All I need is just me and God by myself. It's, if you and God by yourself, you and you and if you and God by yourself work, you'd be on a desert island somewhere. You know there's how many islands there are on this planet that are uninhabited? He just take you and stick you on an island somewhere by yourself and say, here, you just, just me and you, let's just worship. Just me and you, let's just talk. But he doesn't do that. The Bible says in uh, Acts 17, 26, God appointed your time and your place. So if God put you here around people, then you need people to help bring out of you what God wants to bring out of you. And that means people need to be able to ask you questions. Girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Bro, man, why are you looking like that? Why are, you, why are you talking like that? That's not how we talk. 
What you got into? Okay, if deep. I'm going back to my childhood. My childhood. If I'm walking down the street, me and my boys walking down the street, and all of a sudden we halfway down the street, and one of, we also we start smelling something stinky. Just smelling something stinky. You start doing this, and if it ain't you, you say, "Hey, bro, check your feet, man." Right? That's why you need brothers and sisters in the Lord to say, "Hey." Check your, check your shoes, man. What you, what you got into? <laughs> you picked up something in your journey. Glory to God. If nobody can tell you anything, you're headed down. Get Proverbs 16, on, 16, verse 18 on the screen, please. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Because if nobody can tell you anything, you're on your way down. If nobody can correct you, you're headed down. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Watch this. Pride goes before what? Come on and read it. And a haughty spirit before a fall. So before people fall and get in all kind of destruction, pride and arrogance got in there. They were haughty. They wouldn't listen to anybody. When people try to say something, they just, can't tell me. I know. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, you're in trouble. Proverbs, um, okay, no, let's go back to, to look at 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Let me pick this thing up here so I don't run out of time. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. There, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And then look at this next line. And be clothed with what? Humility. humility or put on humility, all right? So you got to have humility here. He's given us the formula that puts us in place for God to exalt us, okay? So get uh, Proverbs 18, verse 12 on the screen, please. Proverbs 18, verse 12. Because we don't want to be prideful. That's going to lead to destruction. Proverbs 18, verse 12 says, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And, or we can say, or, but before Honor, now honor is you coming up, being raised up, being, being elevated, being exalted. And he says, so before honor is humility. So in other words, before, you, before you're raised up, you have to come down. Glory to God. But you know, you know before you can be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a leader. But you have to follow first. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus, Jesus started out as a leader. He was in ministry as a leader. Do you know at age 12, when he went to the temple and his parents left him behind, went back and found him, and the Bible says he was in there talking, and he was already, you know, knowledgeable of the word and, and everything, but the Bible says he went back home with them and learned obedience. In other words, he, he learned for the next 18 years following. So then at age 30, when it's time for the lead, bam, he's already ready to lead because he's been following all these years. You got it? So before honor, there's humility. Glory to God. Let's look at one more here. Proverbs 22, verse 4. So not only is there honor before humility, but look at, look at what else comes with humility. Proverbs 22, verse 4. By humility and 
The fear of the Lord are three things. How many of y'all wouldn't mind having riches? How many of you wouldn't mind having honor or being exalted? How many of you wouldn't mind having life, long life? This is the good life here. All right, well, what's the key to it? Humility, Humility and the fear of the Lord. Well, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. Well, add humility in there. <laughs> I mean, you want, you, you want, if you want what's in the safe, you got to have the com- all three numbers on the combination here. Okay? So I, I fear the Lord. Okay, now let's add in then. If you fear the Lord so much, let's add in humility because if you have humility and fear the Lord, you'll have riches. Maybe we should just quit and go to, wait to Sunday. This, oh, I know, this is not a very palatable subject. This is not, this is not like dessert here. This is, this is like um, eating Brussels sprouts or something here. Glory to God. All right. Zucchini and some of y'all, and it's like squash. And it's like spinach. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Got to eat them turnip greens. Yeah. yeah, but you eat them super greens, boy. You build your iron and all your zinc and all your calcium and all that junk, this stuff. You know the stuff that we need. You get all that stuff. This, I'm giving you what you need. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Acts 20, 32. That's the use quoted at tonight. Acts 20, 32. Get on the screen, please. This is why this word comes. Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? Build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So that's what this word is coming to do tonight is to build you up. Glory to God. Go back to Acts, uh, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 4. Proverbs 22, verse 4. Because this word is building you up. This word is building you up. Everybody says, building me up. This is the word of his grace. It is building you up. It's fortifying you. This word is strengthening your spiritual and physical immunity system. Your immune systems are being strengthened right now. And you better do that because, you know, the flu is going around. All reports. I've been hearing this all day today. All reports. The flu is going around and, and the, the, the flu vaccine is not working. You know that flu vaccine they've make, been making everybody get? They said it's not working. They said right now it's proven to be only about 10% effective across the nation. 10%. The vaccine making people sick. They send people who do get, they're getting the flu and they're running out of Tamiflu or whatever they use to treat the flu and all that kind of stuff. They're running out across the country. You need to be built up. I said, you need to be built up, don't we? Don't we need to be built up? All right, so we, when you get built up, we, we take this cod liver oil here. We take this castor oil, amen? Praise God. So humble ourselves. Humble, 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 humble. Glory to God. All right, go back to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. I love it. I love it. Everybody say, I love the word. I love the word. Glory to God. The Bible says you, uh, uh, when you love the word, uh, nothing shall by any means offend you. When you love the word, nothing shall by any means offend you. Nothing will cause you to stumble. Glory to God. 
not, not, a, not a debt, not a lack, not a, not a sickness, not a nothing will cause you to stumble. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. All right, 1 Peter 5, verse 5. So when you younger people submit to your, to, your, uh, to your elders, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for, what does it say here? God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay, so God resists the proud, resists, resists the proud, pushes back the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So again, remember what I told you, God is the Lord of exaltation. So if God... If God, we, we know what it is if God works with you, okay, you can't, you can't fail. But if God resists you, you, you can't move. You can't, it's, it, it'll, be like trying to, it'll be like trying to run up the escalator going down. Y'all know what I mean by that? You go to escalators, they, they go down, and you're trying to move up the escalator, and you're working, you're moving, spending all your energy. But as more energy you spend, it's just things still going down. You're not going anywhere. Steadily going down. What's happening? Resistance. God resists the proud. That's why you don't, I mean, we need God's help. We need God's grace. We need God to, to take care of us. So don't put yourself in a position for God to be resisting you. Because if God resists you, I don't care how smart you are, how cute you are, what your family name is, what college you went to, you cannot succeed if God resists you. But he gives grace, glory to God, to the humble. He gives his, his assistance. He gives his supernatural help. So when God, when God gives you grace, you can jump up the escalator and skip all the steps. Come on now. You can leap tall buildings in a single bound. That's what happens when you get his grace. All right? Can we keep going? Okay, now let's go to verse 6. Verse 6. Therefore, therefore, since God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, therefore, humble yourselves. Everybody say humble yourselves. Under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. In due time. All right, so we talked about this word exalt last week. Y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember that? So he may exalt you. Now, so if I humble myself, remember now we read Proverbs 22, verse 4, which said, with, the fear of the honor, with humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Riches, honor, and life. Okay, now when we get here, it says, if I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, it says, that it, I do that so that he may exalt me. So that he may lift me up. I gave that word exalt. Give me that word exalt in the, in the Greek, please. Uh, Strong's 5312, which is hupsao, uh, which means to lift up on high, to exalt. Right? Metaphorically, in other words, the picture it's giving from the Greek is to raise to the very summit. Summit means what? Top or the peak of opulence and prosperity. To exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. Well, I thought this week you'd be more excited than you were last week. This is what, this is what, do y'all understand what God is saying to you? 
It's saying if you just simply humble yourself under, under his hand, get under his hand. Get under his authority. Let God have control. Right? We know God doesn't have control except you give him control. So when you give God full control of your life, it says now he will exalt you. He will raise you up to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. I like that. I want that. I want opulence and prosperity. I want to be at the very top of it. Glory to God. Now, some of you, you might be comfortable just, you know, just kind of, you know, being mediocre, but that's not, that's not where God wants you. Do you know, when you look through the scriptures, everything God created that he ordered, built, was opulent. You read how the, the Garden of Eden was described. Have you ever read it? No? Have you ever read it? Have you looked at how those, those rivers that came out of it? And how they went into lush lands, and one talked about it, went around the place where the gold was good. Why would the Holy Ghost talk about that? I'm going to just wait here until y'all wake up. Did you see how God took time to describe the tabernacle in Moses' day? Did, did you, have you ever read it really fast? Have you read how God ordered how the priest's robes were supposed to look. If you haven't, it's okay to say no. Just take time. I encourage you. Take time to read this stuff. See, because you gotta, you gotta, God is all about that opulence. God is about, about it when it comes to opulence. God is not some average design Thank you, Holy Ghost. You yourself, Psalm 139, verse 14, are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made opulently. There's no creation like you. There's nothing on this planet like you. That wasn't some accident or some evolution. God with intelligent design designs you opulently. <laughs> Have you ever seen how God made for the, the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant, have you seen? Everything overlaid in gold. You ever seen, read about how God ordered the temple to be built? Gave David the pattern and had his son Solomon build it. You ever looked at how God, just, just, just the curtains. The value of the curtains would be more than the value of most of our homes. 
Have you ever read how the Bible described Jesus' robe? Opulence. Opulence. And most church folk can't stand when I talk about opulence. Because you're so broken in your mind, so broken in your soul, so broken in your spirit, you can't even figure out how to get opulence. Can't perceive it, can't conceive it. It, it just it really just offends you and just disgusts you. Filthy rich people. Ain't nothing filthy about rich. If that was the case, God would not have described to us the wealth of Job if it was filthy and he was an upright man, blameless man. He would not have described to us the wealth of Abraham and Abraham was a friend of God. Describe to us the wealth of Jacob and Isaac. David's wealth. Solomon's wealth was laid out. Why? Have you ever taken time to read the book of Revelation about heaven? You know that place where we're going? Y'all know that place we're going? Heaven is going to mess. It's going to offend the mess out of most Christians. Opulence. Can I, can I define opulent? Yes. Opulence is a state, you know what opulent is. Okay, so opulent. Opulent means ostentatiously rich. I don't even know what ostentatiously means. But it's, it's, it's that many syllables and that many letters. It's got to be good. Opulent means ostentatiously rich. That's an SAT word right there. I know what rich means. But when you add ostentatiously to it, it must be a whole new level. And luxurious. Or lavish. Wealthy. <laughs> yes, Lord. I'm going to preach this to y'all anyway. If you don't like it, you can just sit there and just hush. But I got to stir you up to break you out of the box and get God out of the box you got him trapped in. You got, got God trapped in your little, your little frugal box. I'm frugal. I'm frugal. I'm, I'm good at saving money, Pastor. Look at you. You're going to get a, a money-saving crown when you get to heaven. I know how to cut coupons. Well, great, you're going to get a, you have a, a coupon ministry in heaven. 
when God laid out the temple, he didn't say, Moses, y'all go see, go see if y'all can find a deal down there somewhere. See if, see if, go on Craigslist and see if they got, you know, leftover, uh, some wood and stuff. And see, No, he didn't do that. God was intentional and determined about everything that had his hand on it. Everything that would bear his symbol, his signature, his mark, his name, be ostentatiously rich. Flamboyant. It means flamboyant. Flamboyant. Ooh, they too flamboyant. God is flamboyant. Have you seen roses? Have you seen a peacock? God is flamboyant. You ever seen a Clydesdale? You ever seen horses strut their stuff? God made that. Ostentatiously rich and luxurious or lavish. This is where the Bible says if you humble yourself. Now see, here's a problem. People in church People sitting right up here right, right now, mad at me right now about this. Because they, like, they don't want it. But they'll be the first one if somebody came and left them some ostentatious mansion. They'll get brand spanking new and cut up. course, they all, they won't know how to keep it. Because here, here's, here's what I need you to understand about this. All this has to happen in here before it can ever happen out here. And that's what, what God has to work on. It's to get us to understand how, how wonderful he's made us in here. How wonderful he's, he desires us to be in here before we can ever manifest this kind of life he's talking about out here. And when you go after that kind of life outside of God, you get in trouble. You forsake God. You abandon God. You'll sell out people when you go for that life without God. But if you allow God to exalt you and raise you up, what he does in the meantime is he helps, he, he develops your character. Y'all don't hear me. He develops your character as you go so you can handle every level. So he can't take you to penthouse when you, when you have basement character.
Now, we all start with basement character. We all start with basement character. Every one of us. But as we spend time with God, as we, as we start walking in Colossians uh, uh, 2, uh, verse 6 and 7, I think it is, we read that this morning, as you receive Christ and you walk in him, then you get rooted, then you get built up, then you get established, then you start abounding in it. It's a process. It's progress. God builds you up as you spend, oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? As you spend time with him and learn of him, you get built up. And the more you get built up, the more he's able to lavish on you. Glory to God. So wealthy. Here's some synonyms for, for uh, opulent. It means luxurious, sumptuous, palatial, lavish, lavishly appointed, rich, splendid, magnificent, grand, grandiose, fancy. Verse uh, Peter 5, verse 6. That he may exalt you, that word exalt. Remember, that was that word exalt mean again? Take you to the summit of opulence and prosperity. Well, here's what prosperity means. It's the state of being prosperous. That's simply what it means. Here's the, here's the synonyms that the dictionary gives. Success, profitability, affluence, wealth, opulence. Luxury, the good life, milk and honey. You know that the milk and honey we talk about in church? It's in the Bible. That's prosperity. God wasn't just talking about you going to go somewhere and they got cows and bees. There's going to be plenty of cows and plenty of bees. There ain't no bees. Let's say that. Bees. He's talking about milk and honey. It's prosperity. Good fortune. Ease. Ease. Plenty. Comfort. Security. Well-being. Now, don't you sit here tonight and act like pastors trying to conjure up something. Like this is my idea. I'm reading right out of the word. I'm giving you the Greek meaning. I'm taking the words to give you the meaning. This, you can look all this up yourself on, on your own time. So I'm not trying to make anything up or trick you in the, or, or leave dangling some, can, some uh, carrot out in front of you. I'm just showing you here's what God says. Now, you don't have to go there. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to go there. You don't have to live opulently if you don't want to. You don't have to live ostentatiously if you don't want to. You don't have to do any of this. You don't have to. So don't, don't feel bad. Don't, don't be mad. You don't have to do any of that. You, you are welcome to live just regular, average, mediocre. You can do whatever you want to, or you can live, you know, a little nice. It's fine. You stop wherever you want to. I won't be mad at you, but don't be mad at me. Is that a deal? Okay. That's fair. It's a free country. You can choose whatever level you want to be on. Okay? But understand that at 
that if you stop at whatever level you on, you're, you're, you want to, don't get to heaven and be mad when you find out you were supposed to be way up here. <laughs> oh, God, I could have had that. Yes. My son told you that that Wednesday night. Glory to God. Okay, let me keep going here. Go back to uh, uh, 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. I'm going to leave you all alone now. I'm going to leave you all alone. I probably stirred your pot enough. Glory to God. Notice what it says, though, in 1 Peter 5 and 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, that's the key here. That he may exalt you in what? So there is a due time for your exaltation. There is an appointed time, a set season. That phrase due time is actually the Greek word kairos. Y'all are familiar with that word, right? Kairos in the Greek. It means a due measure or measure of time, a fixed and definite time. The time when things are brought to crisis is it's an opportune or seasonable time, the right time. So God has the right time to bring you up. And it's his time. He knows it. At the proper time, he'll make the judgment. Because he knows, he knows um, uh, prosperity uh, destroys the fool. And if you are not um, wise yet to the level that he wants to, that you need to be, uh, he's not going to rain this kind of opulence on you. You understand this? Glory to God. So it, he'll do it at the right time for you. Right? At the right time. Now, so what I want to talk about, give me a couple more minutes here, is just, is just tell you that there's a set time for you. Okay? It's a set time for you. And we're coming corporately into that set time now. We've entered, as Apostle Durba said, the era of flourishing. So this is the time now. Thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. So we're in that set time. Joshua 3 7. Joshua 3 7. Hallelujah. The Lord said to Joshua, remember I read this last week. This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. Right? So there was a set time that God was going to exalt. Joshua. Okay. Now, before God could do that, remember, I, remember what I told you, things have to happen inside before they happen outside. So this is Joshua 3, verse 7, but let's look back at Joshua 1, verse 8. Obviously, 1, verse 8 comes before 3, verse 7, right? So something happens in Joshua 1, verse 8. God says to Joshua, this book of the law, come on, shall not depart. But you shall, come on. Then, okay, so God left. He's saying, Joshua, your prosperity and your success is up to you. It's up to you. Okay? And to get there, to position yourself for this prosperity and this success, Here's what you got to do. Meditate on my word day and night. 
Spend time in my word day and night. Everything you do all the time is spend time observing my word, meditating, learning my word, making sure you know, get revelation of my word. I'm going to open, open my word up to you so you understand it. In fact, the more you stare into this word, you're being transformed into the same image. Y'all getting that? So I suspect Joshua, being the obedient kind of person he was, started doing that. So now you get to Joshua 3 and verse 7. And what does it say? The Lord said, this day. You've been meditating. You've been doing this. Something's happened on the inside of you. Now I can exalt you. Are y'all getting this, ladies and gentlemen? My goodness. All right. You can't try to exalt yourself. You can't go ahead of your time. Let me give an example. 2 Kings 5, 2 Kings 5, verse 25. Look at this, 2 Kings 5, verse 25. There's a man named Gehazi. He's the servant of, he's the assistant minister of Elisha, okay? And this man, Naaman, in this chapter, had come, and uh, he was healed through Elisha's ministry. Naaman tried to offer Elisha, the prophet, gifts to say thank you for my healing and so forth. And Elisha said, no, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, Elisha's already loaded, okay? So look at verse 25 here. Uh, what happened before verse 25, let me just again summarize this. Gehazi got it in himself, you know what? Man of God don't want this? I'm gonna go get this stuff, I'm gonna go get them. <laughs> Yeah, he had changes of clothes. He had some custom suits and everything. And, you know, I'm going to get all that stuff. So Gehazi goes to get it, and he don't, he, don't, he don't think the man of God knows about it. All right, so look at verse 25 here. Verse 25. Now he, this is Gehazi, went in and stood before his master. He comes back. Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? Where'd you go, son? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. When pride gets in there, boy, you start lying and all that kind of stuff. Your servant did not go anywhere. Verse 26. Then he said to him, Elisha says to Gehazi, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? So God gives him a word of knowledge. Here's exactly what happened. Now watch what he says. Is it, is it what? Is it time to receive money? And to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. In other words, the implication was, no, it's not your time yet, son. <laughs> Verse 27. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous, as white as snow. He tried to exalt himself before time. Got a family curse generational curse. Try to exalt himself. The Bible says in Proverbs, he that is greedy for gain troubles his own house. Gehazi was greedy for gain. He tried to get gain and prosperity ahead of time. Troubled his own house. All right. Y'all got time for a couple more here? Luke 14, verse 7. Luke 14, verse 7. Here's a story, a parable Jesus gives. I'll read it through, through here quickly. Luke 14, verse 7, so he, Jesus, told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, 
when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, when you go to a wedding, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him, by the one who invited everybody. Verse 9, and he who invited you and him come and say to you, hey, uh, excuse me, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. Y'all see what's happening here, right? Went in the wedding feast, thought you was all that. All up front. And they say, no, 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 no. Hey, somebody else, this is, you got to go down to a lower place shamefully, all right? Verse 10, verse 10. But when you are invited, but when you are invited, go, this is a great formula here. Go and sit down in the lowest place. Find the least spot so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, God is talking about exaltation right here. God is saying, hey, when you go down and, and debate and lower yourself, then he will come and say, friend, go up higher. Glory to God. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Verse 11, for whoever, remember this? Remember this? For whoever and everybody say it's a law. So you don't exalt yourself. Proverbs 25, verse 6. No, no, give me verse 11 amplified real quick. Verse 11 amplified. Watch this. Verse 11 amplified. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amplified. AMP. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled ranked below others who are honored or rewarded, and he who humbles himself keeps a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly will be exalted. Come on, elevated in the rank. Give me Proverbs 25, verse 6 and 7. Proverbs 25, verse 6 and 7. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go back to the uh, New King James way, please, all right? Do not exalt yourself in the presence of a king, and do not stand in the place of the great. Verse 7, for it is better that he say to you, than that you should be put to lower, put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Galatians 6, verse 3, watch this. Galatians 6, verse 3. Glory to God. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is, he deceives himself. In other words, simply, again, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. All right, one last scripture here. Because what we're, what we're learning is, again, God is the Lord of exaltation. And so you don't, we don't try to exalt ourselves. This is, this is the, the trap most people in, on this planet, including Christians, get into, is trying to, trying to build our own selves up. Trying to make our own selves something. And when you do that, you are setting yourself up. Remember, there's a law out there. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humble. And the law works on everybody. So we got to wait on God. Look at Psalm 37, verse 34. We'll finish here. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. You'll see it. So God's going to let you see it. Because the wicked exalt themselves. 
The wicked try to prop themselves up. We're talking about that this morning in, in after prayer about how when you look around you in this whole system, everything in this, in this world system is falling apart. It's failing. All the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the intellect, all the, all the advancements and all the, the discoveries they, they hadn't made and everything is just falling apart. It's failing them. I mean, like they're saying, the flu vaccine is not working. We thought we had this thing licked. It ain't working. See, that's man propping himself up. So he that exalts himself will be humble. But if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt us. So we just wait on the Lord and keep his way. He'll exalt us to inherit the land. When you exalt yourself, you got to go out there and will and deal. I'm willing and dealing, willing and dealing. You don't have to will and deal with God. When God exalts you, you'll inherit. He'll, he'll make it come so easy to you. Bam, here you go. Are y'all hearing this tonight? And this is where God wants and needs us to be. Well, we are trusting God, allowing God to raise us up and not, not running ahead of God. Following God. Glory to God. <laughs> there, there was a song this one uh, gospel group used to sing many years ago, and the main line used to, used to be, wherever I go, let your spirit follow me. That was bad doctrine, wasn't it? Great song. I enjoyed the song. I used to sing it. But it was bad doctrine. Because it shouldn't be wherever I go, let your spirit follow me. It's, it should be, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. That's what we used to sing in our church. Where you lead me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, with him all the way. See, we have to follow God. Glory to God. That's how we get exalted, ladies and gentlemen. This is critical stuff. This, this, this is valuable because we're in, a, we're in this time right now where everything's been flipped. And everything that we've seen up at the top is crashing down. Just give it some time. You're going to see it crashing down. But if we've humbled ourselves, waited on God, served God, we're, God's raising us up. Glory to God in this time. You know, we've had Apostle Derber here. He's talked to several times about uh, when they moved into the neighborhood that they moved into, how they came in and, you know, they felt sort of low because in their mind, they were the poorest people in the neighborhood. And uh, the Lord spoke to them and said, you're not the poorest ones here. And uh, God began to tell him that, that you're going to see all those other people coming down in your neighborhood. And that's happening in their neighborhood. I mean, we go up there and you see People who own car dealerships and hotels and all these kind of things, they're gone. They're gone. They, they foreclosures, all that kind of stuff happen around them. And they're still there. Now, they, they came in. Y'all have heard the story with the smoking blazer. Worst car, you're scared to drive it into the place. You know, you go into a gated community with a smoking blazer dripping all, all over the place and everything. But now, but now. Two brand new ones in, in, the, in the garage, and they're still there, and, you know, all the people are gone. Because in due time, God exalts. Well, we've seen the same thing happen in our neighborhood. We came in within the neighborhood with, you know, praise the Lord. Scared to even go to the door at first. Really, just intimidated about even going to the neighborhood that, we, that we're in. But now, we're one of the oldest residents in the neighborhood.
Everything, and everything's for sale. Everything is for sale all over, all over the place. The whole neighborhood's for sale. Why? Because if, if God exalts you, you don't, you don't have to keep yourself up. God holds you up. If you exalt yourself, you, gotta, you have the burden of keeping yourself up. And you're not strong enough. You're not strong enough. Man's not strong enough. Man's wisdom's not strong enough. But God's grace is strong enough to keep all of us. So we're going to let him exalt us. Amen? Y'all see that tonight? Good, good. I'm going to take you someplace next week into this thing here because it's, it's very apparent to me, it's very apparent to me that I've got to get into this inner man here. I've got I've to get into this inner man. There's a scripture I'm going I'm to go to in Romans 8. I'm going to teach you about this inner man, what, what God is doing and has to do on the inside of us. Because most of us, we saying stuff like opulent and y'all looking down, playing with your phone and, you know, and just... <laughs> Because you just you can't even conceive. Come on, sir. You know what? Holy Spirit is mommy. He said, yes, they can. That's why y'all go on cruises. That's why you go on vacation. And when you go on vacation, you try to stay in some fine resort somewhere. Because you like to go, you like that. You actually do like that stuff. Yeah, you're right, Holy Ghost. You do like that stuff. But the only thing you can, you can see yourself is visiting it and not living in it. Visiting it and not having it. But God wants to get you to the point where you're not just visiting that stuff. Well, you live like that year-round. Glory to God. That's where he wants his people. Yeah. Got to go on vacation to sleep on a nice mattress. Yeah, the devil is alive. <laughs> Got to go on a cruise to eat steak. What? What? That, that, is, that is not how we're supposed to be living. I'll show you this next week. Will y'all come next week? Yeah. All right. I know most of y'all will come next week. If you can handle it, you'll come next week. Because I'm going to lay this thing out even more about this inside. Amen? Now, remember I told you Sundays, I'm dealing with evangelism. I'm, I'm reaching the lost. I'm reaching the lost. Um, so y'all y'all go out there and, and with, with, your, with your ambulance and you go get them in. Just bring them in. <laughs> We're going to get them saved every Sunday. But Wednesday night, I got to build up you believers. I got to build us up. I got to build us up. Praise God. So we can, that way, when you go to heaven, you won't have a heart attack. Amen. Stand up to your feet. Stand up on your feet. <laughs>
I dare you. Go just those things I called out. Solomon's temple. The tabernacle with Moses. Eden. Heaven. The Ark of the Covenant. The priest's garments. Just walk through, just walk through the word and see. How nature. <laughs> You know, y'all been on vacation and going to see the falls? Waterfalls? Praise God. Glory to God. It's just beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer for you is, is that you get over your job. That you get over your job. Because you calculate and limit in God based on your job. God doesn't need your job to do this. Your job can't. There's no job on this planet that can do what God wants you to do. It's not about your job. It's about can you humble yourself? Obey God. He'll exalt you to inherit the land. Inherit it doesn't matter what job you have. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you tonight for your word, the word of your grace, which tonight is building us up, giving us an inheritance. I thank you, Father, that each of your people tonight, that, Lord, we are... Uh, making room and allowing the word to, to, to remove all the limitations, the, the things, the, the, the limits that we've placed on you. And God, I pray that by the Holy Ghost, you will let revelation and divine insight into, into our hearts. You said in your word, Father, in Psalm 119, verse 130, you said the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So I pray that your people, Lord, as we get into your word more and more and more, it'll bring light. You'll open, you'll let light flood our hearts, flood our hearts, flood our souls with light. Fill us overflowing with light, your glorious light. Let us, let us. Begin to grasp what it means, what opulence means and prosperity means and success means and these words that seem so foreign to us. But Lord, all of, that's all you are is opulent and prosperous and successful. That's, Lord, there is no failure in you whatsoever. There's no poverty or lack in you. There's no darkness in you at all. Nothing about you is broken down and mediocre and mundane. Everything about your kingdom is glorious. So I pray, Father, that you'd help us on the inside to get a a God image. And that God will let our faith grow past our jobs, 
past our little checks, past what we can see and calculate. Let us see, Lord, the unsearchable riches of Christ. That with you all things are possible. And I pray, Father, that you'd help each and every one of us as we grow in your word to not allow what we see to make us inwardly focused, but that God will know how to stay open for you to use us to bless people, to, to, to Lord, to meet needs. Lord, that we'll, no matter how much you prosper us, we'll never become so arrogant or haughty, so self-consumed that we lose compassion for others. Thank you, Father, that we'll be followers of you as dear children and walk in love in all of our ways. Now, Father, I pray that you just continue to bless your people tonight and increase us more and more is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.